Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Buffalo Beat. My name is Joe Biscalia, and we are here to discuss the Bills' thorough thumping of the New England Patriots by a score of 47 to 17. It was a laugher the entire game. One of the most impressive performances if not the most impressive performances since Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean have taken over and quite frankly a bit of a declaration to the rest of the NFL and we're going to get into all of it what it means and and everything that that goes along with it and to do so joining me as he does for every single post game pod is Matt Bovey he is the sports director at Channel 7 uh, WKBW in Buffalo and Mr. Beauvais, it was a night game, which means much to the delight of our listeners, they are getting 3 a.m. Joe and Beauvais. So, uh, so yeah, buckle up and get ready because, uh, I'm sure this is about to be a doozy. Yeah, it was a slobber knocker of a game. They said all week this is going to be a slobber knocker of a podcast. But mm. everything you said in the intro was perfect. I mean, the Bills woke up today. They chose violence. Mm-hmm. This was the most impressive football game I have ever seen a team play. Now, that's coming from somebody who was born and raised in Western New York. I've watched a lot of bad football over the years. They were unbelievable today. Yeah. Josh Allen was quite literally perfect. A team has never done what they've done in this game with no punts, no field goal attempts, and no interceptions, no turnovers. The offense was 7 for 7. This was an absolute clinic. They were unbelievable. And this is what we're going to surely be talking about throughout the course of this podcast. But when they play like that, there is not a team in the NFL that they can't beat. And it's not fair to assume that they can play like that every week. Mm -mm. That would be ridiculous. But hey, there is something to be said about getting hot at the right time. We talked about it. I'm so happy we did. We talked about it right after the Tampa game when they had that second half and said, maybe this is the springboard. And it surely feels like that really was when it happened. Now, it's a long road. They've got two really tough games. You know, Well, they've got one really tough game coming up. Assuming mm-hmm. it's probably, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. But th- this team is, they're hot right now. They, they really are. Um, five straight wins. Now, granted, three of them were against the Panthers, Falcons, and Jets, but those were also blowouts. Um, the other two games were against the Patriots, in which after scoring only 10 points against the Patriots in their first showing, 
the Bills have averaged 40 points per game in their set last two games against the Patriots. Did you just choke? I think you might have just choked. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, that's it is a spit uh, spit worthy take uh, that they have scored 40 points per game over their last two against Bill Belichick's defense. Top five defense, by the way. It's not it's not a joke of a defense like this. This no. is a this is a well executed uh, group that that really plays well together and they just blew the doors right off of them. So, yeah, there there's a lot to get into from this game, how they performed in and everything along those lines. And it was weird. Like as we've been getting closer to the game and as I've seen them kind of, I've seen how they've been acting through the week, just seeing their, their, um, their body language, even in the one practice that we were able to see, like it just, it really felt like this team was loose. And as we are getting closer to to the game itself and you start to see a couple of things, injury things go not so well for the Patriots. Like they didn't get Jalen Mills back, even though I don't think he would have made a difference. Uh, Isaiah Wynn was ruled out and they had a bunch of guys banged up like Christian Barmore, um, Dante Hightower, Kyle Duggar. All of these guys were kind of fighting through things. The Bills were completely healthy. You know, I was sitting there talking to uh, your friend and mine, Matthew Fairburn, uh, before the game in the press box. And I looked at him and I said, I'm begin. this was well before the game. I'm beginning to get the feeling that the Bills could absolutely race him out of the yard today. And I have the timestamps, Joe. I also went to our group message because as you were talking about this, I was going to give you the credit. Oh, really? You texted our, you texted our group message. <laughs> At 12.35 p.m. Today? This is verbatim. 12.35 p.m. yesterday. <laughs> so, Saturday. And you said, this is a direct quote. If they go, speaking the Patriots, if they go heavy man coverage, this might be a blowout. They don't have the horses for it. Well, yeah, they did that. <laughs> so, Joe. Yes, um, yes. If we went to the casino right now, uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> we could make some serious... I mean, it's 3.30 in the morning. This is the perfect time to go to the casino. I know it. I know it. And, you know, like, the Bills just came out on fire. And there were a lot of reasons why they were able to do what they did. And we're gonna we're surely going to get into all of them. But how can you start anywhere else but the job that Josh Allen did tonight <laughs> in one of the coldest games of the last decade and putting up statistics that are rarely seen in this type of weather environment. Now, temperature, I will say, it was really freaking cold out there. And there's, there's really no getting around it. I'm still in the press box right now. I am not looking forward to my walk back to my car because I'm looking at my, my app and seeing three degrees and real feel of negative. So that's not going to be fun. But the fact that they had to stand out there and play in this the, the entire game, not exactly ideal. However, there was really no wind. There was no precipitation. And as long as they could keep their hands warm... In between plays, you could definitely see the formula 
for the passing offense to get going. And Josh Allen threw for over 300 freaking yards. I mean, the dime to Stefan Diggs down the right sideline was incredible. The throw to Emmanuel Sanders in the end zone was another absolute just, just laser. Um, there was one play, I think it it was like a 22-yard gain or something. It might have been to Gabriel Davis, where he threw it across his body, side-armed um, across the field. And it it was just like a a water pistol shot straight straight into the arms of of Gabriel Davis and I'm like this dude is on one again against the Patriots and you know we we record the um the show on on Channel 7 every Monday and I remember sitting there sitting with with you and uh and John Murphy and going it's probably not going to be the happen not going to happen where Josh Allen is going to have the superstar like above and beyond superstar game that he had the last time that they played the Patriots not only did he have it he beat it like yeah this was far and away one of his most impressive performances and to do it in this type of spot and it stopped me when when you want me to stop rambling however no it's what when you analyze this performance as opposed to what we saw from Josh Allen in the playoffs last year. Like it wasn't all rosy for him in the playoffs. He he did a bit of struggling to get the ball down the field against the Colts and the Ravens. Like, yeah, they won those games. And then the Chiefs game, he definitely struggled because he was pressing once they got down. But in the even in those Colts and Ravens wins, it wasn't perfect. Like they only scored 17 points against the Ravens. And those were two really good defenses, just like the Patriots were. For Allen to take that experience and that knowledge and how to handle those moments, we kind of saw the same thing from year one of playoffs into year two of playoffs, where they played the Texans, the moment got too big for him, he made too many mental errors, and and they wound up losing the game. Not all because of him, but he played a big role. The second time around, made fewer mental errors, they end up winning the game, but they almost not in spite of him he did he did a a bunch of things to help them win but it wasn't just like this overwhelming effort to where wow they won this game because of that guy it was, a lot of it had to do with the defense and and how they performed in those two games now fast forward to today or yesterday i should say and the bills going through and just completely mollywhopping the patriots by 30 points, consistently a 30-point lead. It was just so impressive from Josh Allen, and it makes you think that that guy, has, if he has those capabilities against these type of teams in these types of moments, it makes you think that for this franchise, as long as he is the starting quarterback and playing as well as he is, Anything is possible every single year. And that has to make Bills fans feel really freaking good after all of the torment they've gone through over the past two and a half decades. Yeah, I don't think there is any team in the NFL that would have beat the Bills the way they played on Saturday night. No shot. And so much of that is because of Josh Allen. I also think that if you took all 32 NFL general managers and asked all of them, like you could start your player with one team, 
I think every GM is taking Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes. One of those two. Justin Herbert's up there too, I think. So, okay. So the three of them. Three franchise Joe Burrow might be up there too right now. Yeah. And they're all in the AFC. Uh Lucky you, Bills fans. But, I mean, I think going into this year, like Josh Allen had the MVP type season last year. This year, there has been more inconsistencies. I feel like this season, the hires have been even high. You know, the highs have been even higher and the lows have just kind of been a bunch of meh games where, you know, he didn't look like he had it, but he also wasn't terrible. Mm -hmm. This game was perfect. And I think the gap is closing. If you were somebody who was adamantly like, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL, and then there's this, and there's this, and there's this. Like Josh Allen, after a performance like this, is closing the gap because once again, this was against a defense that this season was at the top of almost every category, and he torched them with a perfect game. He had more touchdowns than incomplete passes in this game. That is crazy to me. That stat of all of the stats that stand out in this game. That's the one that I keep going back to. And it's just the versatility that he brings this offense. Mm -hmm. He can do everything. Mm -hmm. He can extend the field. He has shown now he is not scared to just take the little dump off plays. I mean, there were a couple like third and fours in this game where you could see him scan the field. And instead of forcing something stupid, he was just like, yeah, I'll throw it to Devin Singletary and he'll get six yards and we'll live to fight another day. And then they take the deep shot on the next play. And the running ability that he has that, you know, very few quarterbacks have that ability. That changes everything. And when you're in these, you know, win or go home situations like the Bills are from now until whenever they get eliminated, it's all bets are off. Like, you can use Josh Allen however you want. You're not worried about saving him for a run. You're not worried about anything. It's like, you want him to run 10 times a game? Do it, because he's effective when he's doing that. You want him to be, you know, trying to set the world on fire by throwing down the field? And that was another promising sign from this game. The deep shot to Diggs. The absolute seed to Emmanuel Sanders. We haven't seen this team, you know, stretch the field to that level that many times this year. It's probably going back to the last Kansas City game where I remember them taking that many shots and they were able to do it against some pretty good coverage. It's just, it was an unbelievable game. And the team as a whole had such a perfect game that when we get later into the negative awards, I don't really even know what I'm going to say. But aside from the team as a whole, Josh Allen was just exceptional in this game. Mm -hmm. Like legitimately the best quarterback performance I think I've ever seen. We we all knew that he was feeling it when... Uh, it looked like Matt Judon had him dead to rights in the in the backfield, and he just froze him and got by him uh, on the ground. Yeah, like that. That was that was the first sign where it's like, okay, what what are what are we in for here with with uh, this quarterback? And then just putting up drive after drive, it's like, okay, this one can't end in a touchdown, can it? And then it did every single time, seven for seven. Matt, poor Matt Hawk couldn't punt to to you know get himself in the back in the good graces of the home crowd. Mm-hmm. Tyler Bass couldn't get a shot at a field goal to try and one up his uh, inconsistencies as an extra point kicker tonight. And yeah, it, it was just 
it was unreal what what he was able to do uh, all game long. It just it has to make Bills fans feel like that this team is capable of anything with with this guy as as the quarterback. And it, it, people have been waiting a long time for him. I, I I remember vividly like what the the game against the Cowboys on Thanksgiving like that yeah. was the first huge sign to me that this this dude might be a transcendent superstar because until that point like he was good showed those flashes nothing was consistent nothing with an arrival moment they only beat up on pretty bad teams and then they just go into Dallas and completely owned that game and he owned that moment and from that point forward it's just been a steady climb to where he is what he is today he just put up 47 points in the wild card round on Bill Belichick's defense <laughs> the the dude that has dominated this franchise for over two decades and for him to do it the in the manner that he did like he made Belichick wave the white flag early in the fourth quarter. Like they punted early in the fourth quarter, be- even though they were down by 30. Belichick was just like, yeah. yep, not our night. Let's just call it what it is. <laughs> Allen I think- is an absolute superstar right now. And if he plays like this the rest of the way, this team is. 100% capable of becoming world champions at, at the end of this. They only have three more games that that they need to do this, and he's probably not going to be on this type of heater um, every single time. I mean, he's probably not going to be on this type of heater any other time. But if he's playing 85% of this, 80% of this, the Bills could be world champions this year. I saw, first off, the statement that you just said, I think has probably Bills fans gushing, but it's 100% true. I mean, this defense, combined with the skill position players that they have, and then you add in one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL who is playing his absolute best right now, it's just a scary formula. It really is all about getting hot at the right time. I loved this tweet from Roger Sherman at The Ringer. I favorited it so I could reference it on the podcast. And he said, my evolution on Josh Allen has gone like this. And he laid out five bullets. I don't think he can play quarterback in the NFL. Next bullet. He can't hit a target, but he is fun to watch. Then he goes to, oh, okay, he can throw. Then the fourth bullet is, He's actually legitimately great and fun to watch. And then the final one was, I'm deeply grateful that I get to watch this demigod play football. (laughs) (laughs) So it is amazing just kind of how the evolution has happened. And, you know, they draft him. And I remember the two of us were standing next to each other in the Bills media room. And when they announced Allen and not Rosen, a lot of Bills fans sighed. And I think the conversation that we had that night was at least they're swinging for the fences. They are trying to hit a home run and you got to give them credit and we'll see how it plays out. And you can look at the Cowboys game as the arrival, but there were flashes. And as I, I agree with you. I think the Cowboys game was the arrival, but I think the flashes that we saw during the rookie season kind of made it feel like, okay, he could be really special. I mean, when you look at the Minnesota game, hurdles over a guy or the 
two Dolphins games that year or just some of the random moments mixed in. But that's what it is. Now we're seeing that potential and we're also seeing the mistakes limited. And that's a scary combination because there is not a play that he cannot make. There's not a throw he cannot make. And there's not a situation that he can't get out of because that's how stupid talented he is. And I think that's why the Bills always have a fighting shot. And you mentioned three wins away from doing it all, which is, of course, what everybody who is a Bills fan is focused on right now, as they should be, because this is, you know, a really exciting time if you're a Bills fan, because after a lot of weeks in the middle of the season where it felt like, man, like I don't even know if they're going to make the playoffs to, I don't know how far they're going to go, it once again feels like, okay, this team can do it all. But it's not like this team can do it all just this year. With that guy as your quarterback, he's 25 years old. This team's going to be damn good for a long time, as long as he's healthy. Because that's how good he is. He is a superstar in the NFL. You have your Rodgers and your Bradys. But as they get older in the years, like Mahomes, Herbert, Burrow, Josh Allen. Like those guys are the new faces of the NFL because they are all unbelievable. And the Bills, they have one of them which is just cra- it's just crazy. If that Dallas game was the arrival, this Patriots game was the coronation. When you look at his journey over the last few seasons to get to this point where he is playing this caliber of quarterback at this point of the year, then legit anything is possible any year. Now, this, when you look at their roster, this is probably going to be the most talented roster they'll ever see with Josh Allen. And I, I don't mean to be hyperbolic, but the way the salary cap is set up and how, how many deep veteran players that they have on their roster, all playing in the prime of their careers at this moment, and all of them healthy at this moment, this is one of the best cracks at it the Bills will have with Josh Allen. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I don't see the future or anything like that. Maybe they just, they, they find a way to, you know, maneuver the salary cap to make them as complete of a roster. But, you know, when you have a, 35 to $50 million cap hit for one dude, it's going to restrict you in a lot of different areas. So this is an opportunity this year. And with Allen playing the way that he is, like you laid out, the defense playing as well as they are, the health factor, which is just remarkable at this point in the season. And Mario Addison went down with a, a shoulder injury. We don't have any details about what he's going to be at, but he is one of five defensive ends that they dressed today. So, and they they healthy scratched another one. So even if he can't play, they still have another one to fill in for him. All of this lines up to this is for a lot of people that have watched this franchise for a long time. This is going to be one of the best shots at it that you will ever have. Not to be dramatic, but it is. And now it's just a matter of capitalizing on it and and doing everything that they need to do when they have the opportunity. We don't know who they're going to play coming up next, but gosh, it's 
This is <laughs> this to me. I didn't know how today was going to go. I I had a feeling that they would win. And then as we were getting closer, like I said, I had a feeling that they were going to win convincingly. But there was nothing preparing for what we saw today. And they're going to have to bring it. They're going to have to bring consistency because if they have the Chiefs next week, oh boy, is that a tough one. But, yeah. But this is an incredible first step towards completing that. And now they have won five games in a row. They're, you know, ha- more than halfway past the Buccaneers uh, route that we talked about after the Buccaneers mm-hmm. game. Buccaneers did the same thing. Won their last four, and then won the four games in the playoffs to win the Super Bowl. And they got hot right at the right time. The Bills are hot what? right at the right time. So I think. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I, I think. I think one of the things that we have brought up, and we'll talk about this more, but you know, the concerns that we have with this team are still real. Yeah, very much. There so. are still. It, there are still areas where I think this team can be exploited, where you think this team can be exploited. And we don't know what's going to happen. But assuming the Steelers don't upset the Chiefs, all of a sudden you're staring at Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. That is a heck of a lot different than Mac Jones, Kendrick Bourne, and, I don't know, Hunter Henry, Jacoby Myers, whoever you want to say. I think the Bills are going to have a hard time slowing those guys down. However, after seeing the performance that this offense had today mm-hmm. against the Patriots, yeah. go win a shootout. Okay. Your defense can't hold them under 35. Go score 36. Mm-hmm. You just put up 47 on the Patriots. You know that you've had success against this Chiefs defense already this season. You were really able to extend the field. Now, I don't want to say the Chiefs' defense has gotten significantly better. Yeah, they've actually been the, the last... reason that that the Chiefs have turned it around, not the offense, which yeah, has been kind like, of weird to think about. Significantly better than they were earlier in the season. But look at what this team has done against the quote-unquote best defenses in the NFL in the second half of the season. Like, we're talking about Tampa torched him in the second half. Carolina dominated that game from start to finish. The Patriots twice just Mm -hmm. destroyed them. So it's not like the great defenses should scare off anybody and think, oh, the Bills can't, can't overcome that because they certainly can. And they've proven that way too many times to think that it's just an outlier, that these games are just random because they've had success. So the way we could spend the entire podcast talking about the performance of Josh Allen in this game, but ultimately what it boils down to, to me, and this is not an original thought. This is something that a lot of people have said, but we went into this year saying, if you have the 2020 offense with the 2019 defense, you're looking at a team that can absolutely win the Super Bowl. Well, as we found out this year, the 2021 defense is just as good, if not better than the 2019 defense and the offense was struggling for a bit. Well, guess what? It's back to the old offense that we thought we'd get. So all of a sudden, you've got the 2020 offense and the 2021 defense. That is a scary team to have to go against. There is not a team in this league that's left in this playoffs that wants anything to do with the Buffalo Bills. And you know what? Even if they do go to Kansas City next week, 
in Arrowhead, the Chiefs are going to be like minus three. It's basically going to be like a pick yeah. because that's how good the Bills are playing. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So last last week after the Jets game, I was when when we were going through the potential matchups, I I was very very much in the camp of oh the the Chiefs are or have a walk in the park to get to the second round. I am now less convinced that they are going to get out. Uh, of their game with the Steelers. I think the Steelers are massively underrated uh, in this game. I know their their offense has not really played the part, but I thought the Denver game was particularly exposing of the, uh, of the Chiefs offense. And the Steelers have a really darn good pass defense, which is why they've stayed afloat as long as they have. So if they get some... Some tangible gains from their offense, the Steelers could very well win that game in like a 20 to 17 or 23 to 20 manner. I could absolutely seeing that happen, especially with Ben Roethlisberger's last year, potentially. They're <laughs> yeah. super pissed off based on how everyone is talking about them. Um, and, you know, even Roethlisberger was like, hey, aren't we like 20 point underdogs or something like that? They're ticked. And like, it's super it's super corny, super cliche, but for some reason football players whenever that happens to them, they are just they that motivates them more than anything. And it maybe it's because oh, yeah. maybe it's because they're not really disrespected at any point of their playing careers <laughs> going through yeah. going through what they've gone through um through high school and college, they're always like one of the best players on the field, but but yeah, I think it's I, I'm less convinced that that the Chiefs get out of the game. They probably will, but I think the Steelers can make a game of it. Anyway, I and I and I also think that regardless of who wins that game, whether it's the Bills hosting the Bengals next week or it's the Bills traveling to the Chiefs, whatever it is, if it is the Chiefs, the Bills have an extra day and a half that they're going to be able to right. get ready for this game, yeah. whatever it's played. Yeah. Like, I don't think that's insignificant. I'm not wishing this upon anybody, but injuries happen in almost every game. And we just saw the Bills get through this game with pretty much no injuries besides the Mario Edison one that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. So who knows what happens in this game with either team. And, you know, if it's the Bengals at home, I think the Bengals are really good. I think they're a dangerous team, but I still think the Bills would beat them. We talked about how that would be a more favorable matchup for the Bills mm -hmm. than the Patriots were. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Joe Burrow is that dude. He is good. He's really good. His weapons are great. But the offensive line still inconsistent. The defense, just kind of whatever. The Raiders gave them a really tough game on Saturday. So, it, 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 honestly, the way the Bills are playing right now, there is not a team that they can't beat. Now, I don't know if they're going to perform to this level because this team has been inconsistent at times this year, and all it takes is one bad game. And I think that's what's so scary for Bills fans right now, because the window is clearly here. You see the path that 
you know, how to get to the Super Bowl. You see the way there. But one slip-up can ultimately cost you. The good news for the Bills is they can win a lot of different ways with the way this team is built. Mm -hmm. Of course, if Josh Allen plays like he did against the Patriots in the wild card, you're going to win pretty much every game that you play. But if he has a game where he's just okay, then you need the defense to step up. And they've shown at times they can do that. It's going to be a lot tougher going against the teams that they have to play next week and potentially down the road, but they're capable of it. And it feels like another layer to this too is the more they keep winning, like if they win another game, I truly believe the reason that they still have Brian Dable and Leslie Frazier on their staff are because last year they made it to the AFC Championship. And who knows, maybe if they win another game, they get to keep one of them going into next year. Because it certainly feels like those guys are both going to be really hot commodities as they get ready for these interviews that they're about to take. Yeah, um, a lot to, a lot to like take in and 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 uh, go from there. But like, I, the whole thing I was thinking about when when you were going through your points was, if the Steelers somehow managed to beat the Chiefs. The Bills should be representing the AFC in the Super Bowl. Like, there's yeah. that. I don't think, especially playing at home against the Bengals, that's a matchup slated towards the Bills. And and I think it's a year premature for the Bengals to really get into the Super Bowl discussion. They're gonna they're gonna be around because of Joe Burrow, but I think they're just maybe a year too early for that. Um, and then the Titans, who are good defensively. They're getting Derrick Henry back and they've got a really good playmaker in AJ Brown, you know, but they are beatable and the Bills almost beat them at home when they had Derrick Henry the last time that they played. So it's, it's not as though it's impossible. So I absolutely think that if, if someone else does their dirty work and gets rid of the chiefs, then like they should be going to the Super Bowl. That's, that's just, that's just my, inclination. Anyway, so they have been remarkably healthy and, you know, not to get away from the Josh Allen discussion because I know people want to revel in it, but I would like to just for a bit because I thought there was one thing that the Bills did today that I thought absolutely threw the Patriots for a loop. And this was the first time that since Gabriel Davis had his breakout against the Buccaneers and then um, and then after that, and uh, and then also Isaiah McKenzie having his breakout against the Patriots uh, in Foxborough. This is the first time that we have seen the Bills have all five of their top five receivers healthy. So we legitimately had zero idea how they would utilize each based on the data that we've gotten um over the the impact that Davis and McKenzie have had in the late stretch of the season. What the Bills wound up doing and what Brian Dable wound up doing just kept the Patriots guessing all game long. By the end of the game, Matt Beauvais, the Bills used 14 different combinations of of personnel packages (laughs) with their receivers. (laughs) The most they used any of them was on 10 plays, and that was the combination of Stefan Diggs, Cole Beasley, and Gabriel Davis. 
Like they, and all of them have different skill sets because McKenzie kind of tests you from east to west. Um, Davis tests you from north south. Diggs can do anything. Emmanuel Sanders can play in the slot. So can Cole Beasley. So can Isaiah McKenzie. Um, when you're in man defense, you have to be wary of of Sanders or Davis. Like they just have so much stuff to think about, and they could never get comfortable. And it's it's kind of remarkable that Stefan Diggs in this game played probably his lowest percent of snaps of any game this entire year. Gabriel Davis outsnapped Stefan Diggs, and Davis led the team with 69% of snaps. Davis had, ju- I'm sorry, Diggs had just a shade over 60. Like the way that they used these guys was truly remarkable. And the Bills, by by and large, have the deepest wide receiver group remaining in the postseason. Now the Bengals have a really good top three, but they don't have much after that. When you can mix and match like this, and continue to throw the defense different looks from one play to the next. Like, okay, hang on. I gotta, I gotta get to my my snap by snap real quick. So to start the game, the first play, the Bills went with Diggs Sanders McKenzie. Next play, Diggs Beasley Davis. Next play, Diggs Davis McKenzie. Next play, Diggs Beasley Davis. Next play, Beasley Sanders McKenzie. Next play. Diggs, Sanders, McKenzie. Next play, Sanders, Davis, McKenzie. Next play, Diggs, Beasley, Davis. And then for the first time the entire series, they doubled up and went two stray snaps with with one receiver group. And they again went with Diggs, Beasley, and Davis, and they scored a touchdown. (laughs) So it's just how Dable utilized them was uncanny. So Davis had 69% of snaps. Diggs had 60% of snaps. Sanders had 48% of snaps. Um, Beasley had 34% of snaps. McKenzie had 32% of snaps. And when you look at how successful each of these groups were, like that 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 group that had 10 plays as compared, which was the highest of any of them, which was Diggs, Beasley, and Davis, they averaged nine yards per play. The second highest group was the group of Diggs, Sanders, and Davis. Seven plays that went for 89 yards, 12.7 yards per play, and they got two touchdowns from that group. The next highest was six plays with Diggs, Sanders, and McKenzie, which averaged 15.5 yards per play. So it was just like all, all over the freaking place how, how much they utilized these guys. So I was like on that first drive, as I was tracking it, I looked over it at Tim Graham and I'm like, this is going to be the biggest part of my observations tonight because there's no way that they don't uh, that they don't continue to utilize this throughout the game. And it's just watching them at a full capacity at receivers and then getting through the game without any injuries. You can expect this trend to continue, and it also keeps all those guys fresh too. So it's just a it's a problem for for opposing defenses. And if it was a problem for one of the best defenses in the NFL and the Patriots, it's going to be a problem for any defense. 
I would like to hand out an early perseverance award to Joe Biscalia for going <laughs> off there because in the middle of that, I texted him, hey, keep talking for a couple minutes because my microphone shut off, but it is back up and running. So thank you, Joe. <laughs> but to your point, I caught most of it, even though I was frantically trying to get the microphone back in. I think it was nine. They targeted nine different players yeah. with passes today. And like, that's crazy. And Tommy Doyle, I guess, inflates that a little bit, but it would still be eight even without him. Um, I, I, yeah, there's just so many different things that they can do. And there's also so many different things that these players excel at. Like Stefan Diggs can do anything because he is just that good. But if you're going to go against a team that's like, hey, we're going to play zone coverage, the Bills have ways that they can beat the zone. If you've got teams that want to play man coverage, the Bills have lots of different options to beat man coverage. And I think the thing that this ultimately comes down to is that Josh Allen now is comfortable going against really either concept with the defense. Oh, yeah. And has figured out things that and a lot of that has to do with Brian Dable. But they have the confidence and they have the, I don't know. They have an know. answer for every test. Yeah, pretty much. And that's the thing that makes this so, if you're a Bills fan, one of the reasons that you can be so optimistic. I mean, Gabriel Davis is becoming a really nice player. And Emmanuel Sanders, maybe the couple weeks off gave him a little more juice. Maybe he's closer to being fully healthy than he was for the couple weeks at the end of the season because it looked like he had some, you know, a little bit more pep in his step today. And I mean, that'll happen when the, you get four games off out of five. That's what sure. I mean. But, like, we look back on the 2020 Bills and how that season ended. And the season didn't end because of one particular thing. But going into that last game, the AFC Championship, we found out Cole Beasley was playing with, what was it, a broken fibula mm -hmm. or something. Mm -hmm. John Brown really took a step back last year. And Diggs was dealing with an you, injury as well, I believe. And Diggs was dealing with something too. So you basically had three wide receivers who were banged up and you had Gabriel Davis. But one of the funny things that Josh Allen brought up at the press conference after the Jets game, I think, was talking about Stefan Diggs. And he said that, and I don't know if he meant to say this because it kind of like tipped their hand a little bit, but... It was when he was getting asked the questions about force-feeding Stefan Diggs so he could get his bonus once he reached 100 catches. And he said, I know he wasn't used as much this year as he was last year, but maybe part of that is designed so he can be more ready to go for the playoffs. And we've joked on the podcast several times after these games that like maybe this is the ultimate slow play about getting Isaiah McKenzie involved or targeting Stefan Diggs more or utilizing Gabriel Davis in different situations. Maybe it is. Maybe the Bills were kind of like, hey, we're going to stow these things away. And then as the season started to kind of slip away a little bit, they were like, oh crap, we got to let's go out and win these games. And they did. And it's probably not the case, but I'm sure they've got some tricks up their sleeve and they have to love the fact that they've got these guys healthy mm -hmm. and that they have options because that is huge for them going forward because not no team that they're going to play is going to be able to shut them all down. Mm -hmm. They're going to be able to contain some of them, but like even look at the Chiefs. 
Tyreek Hill is unbelievable. Travis Kelsey is the best tight end in the NFL. One of the best tight ends ever. After that, you're talking about McCall Hardman, Pringle. Like, those guys don't stack up to Gabriel Davis, Emmanuel Sanders, Cole Beasley. Josh Allen has options, and that is huge for this team moving forward. Yeah, varying skill sets, and you and you can utilize different concepts with each of the groupings that you use too, which uh, it really does make what Dable can do with with this group of receivers pretty pretty scary for the opposition. All right, before we get to the award section, we haven't talked about the defense at all, <laughs> um, and they were awesome. All game, they shut down the the run defense. I thought the linebackers played really well. Edmonds, Klein, Milano, they all played really well. But um, that Micah Hyde dude, he's uh, yeah. he he's something, and he has been for five years. And people are finally realizing it about him. They have been one of the best uh, deep ball passing defenses in the league since he has been a part of the Bills. And even though his impact is more subtle, it is not so subtle to uh, to the quarterbacks throwing against them. And it's the reason why we have really failed to see teams exploit them deep down the field uh, to the sidelines um, throughout consistently throughout his tenure with the team. So that play he made completely flipped the game. It looked yeah. like the Patriots were about to score. It looked like they were about to score on that touchdown, on that play in itself. Mac Jones probably thought he had a touchdown. And then I, I, in my postgame column, I, I called him the eraser <laughs> because that yeah. that's effectively what he did uh, on that play. So it's just, it goes to show his response time, his timing, his instincts, his his um, film work throughout the week to be able to to see how these quarterbacks operate on any given play, uh, you know, the angles that he takes, which are a very underrated facet to being the free safety, uh, his ball skills, like he's just full marks what you look for in a free safety. And to me, the best free safety the Bills have had in a while was, was Jarris Bird. And that was, and he was incredible. Like some of the plays he made, for going from one side of the field to the other, uh, based on just reading the play the way that he did, uh, was outstanding. And when he was on the top of his game, he was really fun to watch. But Micah Hyde's better, and he not only he doesn't have some of like the tackling deficiencies that maybe Jarris Bird had, um, where Hyde can can flip up to strong safety. He's versatile enough to do it. Uh, he can cover guys in nickel. He can cover tight ends straight up one-on-one. Like there are just so many different things he can do. And then when he's able to patrol the the deep middle the way that he does, he's just, he is one of the best players on the team. He has been for a long time. And because he has six total interceptions this year, people are are seeing it for what it is. But in those years where he wasn't getting interceptions, he was just as impactful. And it's the reason why the Bills were have been as good as, as they have been in four of the past five years. And it all started in that Falcons game back in Sean's first year. Exactly. In that game when he had the two interceptions. Yep. And all of a sudden, since then, teams really haven't been able to stretch the field. 
And Micah actually was talking this week about returning punts. And he said that one of the reasons he's so comfortable doing it is because he played baseball in Ohio and baseball season used to start in February. And he was like, you know, trying to track down a fly ball in February when it's cold and it's whipping back and forth is really tricky. So that's one of the reasons he's so comfortable catching punts. And that's what I thought of when he made the interception today. I was like, wow, that was like him diving out to make a play in the outfield in baseball. And he was able to make the play just an exceptional athlete. Yeah. He and Jordan Poyer, they're both so good. And that's, we've talked about it. I, you know, I did a column after the regular season and I said that they were my co-defensive MVPs because I couldn't just pick one of them, but they have different skill sets. They're so important to this team. Mm-hmm. Not even just from a football standpoint, but just from like the leadership and mentality that they bring and just kind of the, they just do a lot for the defense and they really are, you know, Tremaine Edmonds is the guy who I think was kind of anointed like the face of the defense a couple of years ago. Cause it was okay. Josh Allen is your face of your offense and Tremaine Edmonds is the face of your defense and not to take anything away from him or any of the other guys there, but the defense runs through those two dudes. Mm-hmm. That, it, that, and Tredavious and, and Tredavious White when he's healthy. Uh, I would argue Micah Hyde is still it still runs through him, um, and so, yeah. and this and this uh, little stretch without Tre'Davious White is indicative of that fact. He is he is legit, and I'm not downplaying Tre'Davious White's impact by any means, but Micah Hyde is is really one of the best free safeties in the entire NFL, and the and, and the Bills are benefiting from it. And it's two more years of Hyde, right? Two more years of Hyde, one more year of Poyer as things currently stand. Yeah, They're also yeah, getting up there in age, too, so you don't know when, when the drop-off is going to happen. But right now, they're both very clearly in their prime. And yes. we'll, see, we'll see what happens down the line. But it doesn't matter about down the line because they're three, win- they're three wins away from a world championship. All right. On that note, let's get to awards, shall we? Um, yes. Of course, the Bills winning 47 to 17. So let's get to the negative awards and go with the Dree Archer Award for the player who did not show up at all in this game. Matt Beauvais, where do we start with this one? Well, I feel like there's the low hanging fruit, which I am never too, you know, proud to end up taking. <laughs> but I am going to go a little off the board here. And You're going to take Zach Moss just, again? No, <laughs> I'm going to take F.A. Obata. Ah, sure. Because inactive. Mm-hmm. And I was surprised by that because he has been effective, you know, when he has been in the games these last couple weeks. You know, I know he was dealing with the injury. Maybe he wasn't 100%. Yeah. I really don't know, but he wasn't on the injury report nope. this week. It looked like he was going to be good to he go. He was cleared, yeah. That was... That was just a little surprising to me. I, I was surprised they went with Basham instead of Obata. Basham gets the sack. It was a coverage sack, but he made a couple of nice plays. So I'm going to go with Obata, and it's not because of anything that he did in particular. I was just a little surprised that he wasn't in this game. Yeah, uh, I th- I was surprised as well. I thought they were going to have to decide between Epinesa and Basham myself just because of Obata's versatility and how they utilized him uh, in the last Patriots game. I thought he would have been a shoe in but 
they decided to go a different way. And I think a big part of that was with how well Basham played last week against the Jets. I was really impressed with him. I think he had one of his best games of, of his season. And uh, I think the Bills maybe wanted to see what he could do uh, for an encore. And with him being able to play both inside and outside, he did that today. He played 19 snaps of defensive end and four snaps at defensive tackle. So Basham is giving them that versatility that they thought they were going to have from him uh, right at the beginning of his rookie season. He's basically been a healthy scratch up until the, the last portion of the season here. And he might be playing his best football right now uh, of his rookie year, which is an encouraging thing for the Bills moving forward. So that that's that that was my read on it. Um, my Dree Archer Award for the player who did not show up at all today. Um, God, I don't even... Whoever that cornerback Bosby was, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take him. Uh, <laughs> Josh Allen vacated his soul on one run, so I'm, I'm just gonna go ahead and take uh, Mr. Bosby for, for this yeah. award because, yeah, he, it, it was, it was a tough go for the entire secondary, and they, they ended up replacing him with Jawan Williams at one point. So yeah, it was, a, it was kind of a mess. Um, our old, our old pal Marcel had a good tweet about him and was like. Nah, bro. If I get, I want to. I don't want to get it wrong, but it was something to the effect of like, Nah, bro. If I get dangled like this in single digit weather, I'm just going home. <laughs> and I think that was very indicative of really just the entire Patriots defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up is the Vontae Davis Award, which is the player that did not show up in the second half. <sighs> tricky i i have a weird one okay but i don't know if it's uh, i'm struggling now to remember when it was when was the stefan diggs deep ball was that the second quarter or the third the quarter? stefan diggs deep ball was in the second quarter on their third touchdown drive then my answer is stefan diggs now he does so much did not have a like catch in the second did- half that's so there's my point. Mm-hmm. So he does so much even by not having a catch mm-hmm. because you're basically canceling out the best member of the secondary the Patriots have with Stefan Diggs which opens up other matchups. Stefan Diggs is the second best player on this team. He's unbelievable. But yeah, no catches in the second half. I was a little surprised by that. Also though, it was like a 30 point game in the second half yeah. and the Bills were probably like, "Yeah, we're going to just try and take it easy on this one. So I don't think this is not a knock on Stefan Diggs at all. It's just kind of circumstantial the way this played out. Yeah. I am going to go with Dawson Knox for the Vontae Davis award. You want to know why? Well, he, he had the big catch. No, no, no. It's because he got two touchdowns in the first half. He didn't get any in the second half. Like what a slacker. Yeah. Come on, get it together. So Vontae Davis, there's, you really got to stretch it for, for these awards tonight. Yeah, you do. Um, next up is the Matt Barkley Award for the player that caught you by surprise for good reasons. Uh, I think I – didn't I give this to Tommy Doyle last week? You did. Look at that. <laughs> you did. Look at the Buffalo beat. Tommy Doyle has my favorite uh, NFL.com stat line of one target, one reception, one yard, one touchdown, long of one which is the Tommy Sweeney special. So it's perfect mm. that it's 
Tommy Doyle and Tommy Sweeney. My answer for this one is going to be Emmanuel Sanders because mm-hmm. I didn't know what to expect from him. And two receptions. So it's not like he lit the world on fire, but he did have the big splash play that really was the final nail in the coffin for the Bills. And that, of course, was a big moment for this team. Before we taped the podcast, I just went back and watched. You know, when you're at the stadium and you're seeing everything happen live, you don't get to see replays and different angles and like kind of get get the full feel for it. So I went back and I just watched a bunch of the highlights before we did the podcast. And that was a, it was a rope from Josh Allen, but it was a nice play from Emmanuel Sanders who just kind of snuck behind everybody. So that's a good sign moving forward, especially if they're going to continue to try and stretch the field. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm going to go with Star Latulule. Um, got a sack yes. today. And yeah. uh, he has not been a pass rushing presence uh, since early in the season where I thought he was actually really good early on. I remember in the week leading up to the Kansas City game, I I watched him on film go, whoa, look at he he look at this pass rushing renaissance from from this guy. But uh, yeah, showed up, got a sack today. So Matt Barkley Award it is for Mr. Latulay. All right, next up is the gotta watch the the tape award. Not many candidates, but Matt Beauvais, who you got? I've got Micah Hyde for this one. Mm. And it's once again going back to that interception because that was unbelievable. At first, watching it happen live, I, like many people, thought it was a touchdown. Like it was going to be a touchdown. I didn't even see Micah Hyde just on his high horse to get over there and to make the play. And then as he made the catch... He kind of like slid and then rolled onto the ball. So I couldn't see the ball once he caught it. And then, you know, in the press box, we're covered off. So there's glass. So you really can't hear the roar of the crowd like you would be able to if you were sitting out in the stands. So I didn't really hear a ton of commotion. And then when I realized he had the interception, I was just like, wow, what a ridiculous play. And every time I've seen a replay of it since... I'm more impressed by it. So that is my answer because I got to watch the tape because it was that good. Yeah. Um, I've got to watch the tape on Tyler Bass. Uh, oh, that's a good answer. A couple of uh, extra points were blocked, doinked one in, and he was the reason that they did not get to 49 points. So it, it was actually hilarious. Like, he – he missed his second extra point and no one in the entire stadium gave a crap about it. Yeah. They, they just like, Nope. Yep. Don't care. Does not matter whatsoever. And I mean, to be a bills fan for, for them who have just been tormented by the Patriots for so long, where in a lot of these games, they have been hurting for one single point (laughs) you know every single point is is worth everything and for him to miss two of them and people go no don't care who cares offense is going crazy so i gotta watch the tape on on uh, good old tyler bass um people would have cared if it was 50 if it was 50 instead of 49 people would care yeah could have gone for two a bunch of times oh those cowards yeah i agree um i will say uh, we do have a potential new award. We're not going to do it this time around, but I got an electric tweet sent to me um, that Bove and I need, <laughs> just need to workshop some ideas about what the uh, 
what the potential new award could be. So so stay tuned for uh, for 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 what this could be. So the final award will be will be the uh, the Blaine Gabbert Matthew Fairburn Award for perseverance. Apple Bay, what do you have? Gave, I already gave it to you, but I should probably give it to a football player, huh? I mean, you can do whatever the hell you want. I feel like every single week I give it to Devin Singletary now, so that's <laughs> not that's not fun anymore. The shtick has worn out. This is a tough one because they all just kind of. I have one if you want. If you want to think about it, sure, do yours. Okay, uh, I'm going to give it to Levi Wallace. Uh, Levi had a rough first half, and he got beat uh, where he he mistimed a jump in zone coverage and went ended up going for a big gain uh, on third down. Took a defensive pass interference penalty. And just seemed like uh, he was having a bit of a rough go. And, you know, the, the, the DPI was very much a DPI. And I, yeah. I know people, some people are like, oh, was it even catchable? I mean, he had his arm basically where the, the player's name was. And you're not going to get away with that. But Levi Wallace, as he has done basically his entire Bills career, battled back um, in the second half. I think... The play that he made to begin the second half was such a sneaky, critical play to the outcome of the game, and for for the Bills to not have any concerns whatsoever with uh, yeah. with how things were going in the second half, because the Patriots were putting together some yards right right at the right at the start, and the play started because Matt Milano tipped the pass, but Levi Wallace finished the play, and if the Patriots go down and score. At that point, it was 27 to 3. If they go down and score, they get a two point conversion. It's now a two score game. And that's still, the Patriots would have to do a lot to get back into the game. But people would, uh, knowing how the Bills and Patriots rivalry has been, you know, people would start going, okay, they're not, they're not dead just yet. But when Levi Wallace slammed the door shut after a rough first half, and then the Bills going down and, uh, and scoring another touchdown to make it 33 to 3. At that point, it was done. I you know, I waited until they scored 40 to to tweet the game blouses gif, but yeah. <laughs> like it at 33 to 3, you're like, all right, this one's this one's cooked. Um so so good on Levi Wallace for battling back after a tough first half. I'm going to go with the entire run defense. Mm, mm-hmm. and good good call. My reasoning there is the Bills just got burned by Damian Harris multiple times this year. Stevenson had some nice runs against them. Bolden had some nice plays against them. The Bills held the Patriots in this game to 89 rushing yards. And the game script has a factor there. But when they were still trying to run it, they were not nearly as effective as they were in their previous two matchups. So kudos to the Bills because that's a big deal, of course. And, you know, that was an area that was a really big concern for this team for a lot of the year. And it feels like that's an area where they have consistently gotten better. And who knows who they're going to have to play down the line here. If they got to play the Bengals, Joe Mixon's a good running back. If they've got to play the Titans, I don't know how healthy Derrick Henry is. But Derrick Henry at 50% is still better than most running backs at 100%. 
and I don't know, maybe Clyde Edwards Hilaire is back. I, I don't know, but still, a big a big sign for them and a good sign for them moving forward. One hundred percent. All right, so uh, we have reached the end of uh, the podcast. I think uh, it is now four twenty two in the morning. Nice. I have been here since two p.m. on Saturday. That's a long time. I've been here for over 14 hours. I think it is time that I go home. Um, yeah. Our, our uh, friend on the beat, Catherine Fitzgerald, joked on Twitter after she and Elena Getzenberg left around three-ish uh, that I live here now, <laughs> which might end up being true if if I spend any more time here. Um, so, yeah, I think... I think Bills fans are feeling good. I think we have uh, successfully captured the essence of the game, and uh, and yeah, I, I I feel I feel good about this episode, and I think the Bills fans should feel good about what the hell <laughs> their team just did to the New England Patriots. Matt Beauvais, any fond words of farewell for uh, for the listeners before we bid them adieu and talk to them next week after the next game? Well, no. <laughs> However, I, I do just want to say this is the bit, but Josh Allen was, it was unbelievable how good he was. I, I'm running yeah. out of words to explain. Superstar. Transcendent. I'm, yeah, I'm running out of words to kind of yeah. just put, give it justice. But like, if you're a Bills fan, this week should, I understand the way that you're wired is you think of, you know, you're going to be anxious. You're going to be thinking about the game that they've got coming up. You're going to be thinking about all of the different scenarios that can play out. But when your favorite team has Josh Allen as its quarterback, they've got a shot in every game that they're going to play for pretty much, you know, the next however many years, he's the guy. And uh, it has never been more evident that he is the guy. And it, he's not just a guy for the Bills. He's, he's one of the the top guys in the entire league and you waited a long time for it. So enjoy it mm-hmm. because that's the level of superstar he is. Yeah. I found it appropriate in my post game observations, which you can check out over at the athletic.com um, to list every single starting quarterback since Jim Kelly um, th- this time around, just to say how, and I even brought up the quote from Doug Whaley uh, uh, purgatory. quarterback purgatory. Yeah. As to what people had to go through for years on end to get to this guy, Josh Allen. And, and like I said before, today, tonight, was, or last night, was the coronation of him. It, this is now two years. It's no longer a flash in the pan. Just not a one-year wonder in a pandemic year where they're not going to road games, uh, where they're going to road games and there's no fans in the stands. Like he <laughs> is, he is legit. And this is two straight years, and he has an answer for every single thing. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you 100. percent Who was the most random person on the list? Did anybody like you forgot about? No one that I forgot about, just because uh, <laughs> each have their own little tale. But uh, like Brian Brom getting a few starts, yep. Throughout throughout that time, um, Brian is, Brom was mixed in there with like what Jeff Tool. Is that oh yeah, the same Jeff, time? Jeff Tool got one. Thad Lewis got some. Oh, Thad Lewis was electric. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Just uh, 
Was I Matt still, Castle on the list? Does he oh, count? I put him on there because he technically got a start. Yeah, because he took that first snap against the Colts, right? This guy didn't get a start, but I threw him on there anyway. Kevin Cobb. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of stuff that has happened throughout the years, and now the Bills have arrived at, at Josh Allen. And coincidentally, they have arrived. So how about that? I'm going to start right. responding so you can go home. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt Beauvais, Uh Thank you very much. And if you haven't yet, head over to theathletic.com slash thebuffalobeat. Get yourself a nice little discount on your yearly subscription. Read all the stuff that we have over at The Athletic, whether it be Bill stuff, Sabre stuff, uh, anything NFL playoffs, anything basketball, anything hockey, uh, anything fantasy sports, betting. There's Premier League. Just just go do it. Theathletic.com slash thebuffalobeat. All right. For Matt Bove, my name is Joe Biscaglia. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I'm going to go home. And we'll talk to you next week. See you then.